It's another day in your life. I know this because I'm with you for every detailed nuance you choose to acknowledge or ignore. I'm not really anyone that's special or important. I'm a bit boring myself, and that being said, we'll focus on you for the duration of this podcast. If you ever wondered what happens after you die, why you can't let go of your first love, why you're always choosing people who hurt you or maybe fearful you'll miss the best part of your life among the details of routine, well, that's where I come in. See, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life because you're already living it. I'm here to narrate the details of what you're doing so when you wake up or when you fall asleep, you'll know the day you lived, well, it matters. Welcome to Narratives. There's something unnerving about sitting across a room from a man dressed in a robe that can take everything away from you. He sits with thick black glasses, a white beard that matches the white bushy eyebrows that squirm up, then down, then furrow as he sighs. He sets his paper down on the desk in front of him and looks up above the ridge of his glasses at you. He looks at the empty chair where your attorney should be sitting then glances at the Attorney General, who looks at her watch, then back at the judge. I will give your attorney another five minutes, and if he doesn't appear, then we'll move forward without him. The judge lays into his southern accent a bit too much. All you can do is nod. Your eyes shut for a moment, then open as you try not to throw up. Your anxiety has hit another level that you hadn't quite known could exist prior to that morning. The night before, in the hotel, you stayed up reviewing your case, looking over the details of your finances, the various ways the state could use anything they find against you, and how to not get raped in prison. It's a strange day in the life when you type in how to not get raped in, and Google fills in the rest for you. Nightclub. Church. Camp school, college, and there, number six on the internet's Family Feud Survey Board is prison. You never thought you'd search this particular phrase, but at the same time, you never thought you'd find yourself on trial. You spent the prior four months reading articles on what county was like versus the pen, and how getting your ass kicked was going to happen. You read about the common areas, the different cells transfers happened at, the various gangs you could expect to encounter, and how to best cope with the long haulers that could give two fucks about your 15-year sentence when they decide to kill you. The door opens and your attorney appears disheveled, papers smashed in his briefcase, hair a mess, glasses covered in handprints, and his gut held back by a white button up that shakes as he wheezes. I'm sorry, Your Honor. Apologies for being tardy. This is a court of law, and we are expected to begin at 8.30 a.m. You've cost everyone here. He looks at his watch. 17 minutes on that time. We almost started without you. In your mind, you know it's technically unlawful to begin a criminal hearing without the defendant's attorney. You know that, technically, if you started the hearing, you could challenge the process and possibly get everything thrown out. But in this particular state, as in most states in America... There are no actual rights in a court of law, especially when the state is trying to put you in jail. Especially if you're not white. Especially if you're not wealthy. Especially if you're in the South. 
Your attorney looks at you and quickly, you catch him up to speed on what's happened in the last 17 minutes, then hand him the prep you did on your own trial, along with additional documentation for financial records and expected retorts. You did this because you spent all your savings on the retainer for his services. The attorney who actually runs the firm screwed you and gave you their most incompetent lawyer. You were the one who actually did most of the research on what to expect from the state, what your options could be for negotiation, and did your best to calm him down when he kept repeating, I don't know why the state is doing this to you. I just, I just don't know what to do. I don't understand. You, you, you don't have a record. I don't know. I just don't know what else to do. You were the one who provided the calm voice of support so he could get his shit together the day before this morning. As the trial continues, the judge eyes you with that arrogant look all judges have behind the bench. A type of reprimanding glare that you've seen in the eyes of most authority figures in your life that really shouldn't have any form of authority. He lectures you, tells you how responsibility works, then lays into your attorney who appears to redden under pressure. You can see the sweat stains under his arms growing larger by the second. Once the judge is done telling you about tell you, I've seen people like you that have he's seen come and go, go before, before him, me he decides to get to the actual time. trial. He reads out, without much interest, the details of the case, why you're being charged, why the state wants to send you to prison for 15 years, and sums it up with a snort. He looks at the attorney general, who wears a red power suit. Her heels are red bottoms. She wears a pair of Chanel readers that match the gold Omega watch on her wrist. She raises her chin a little too high and reads aloud why you deserve to go to prison, then eyes you for a moment of accusation before sitting down. Your attorney stands, clears his shaking throat, and reads aloud a proposal you've put together in lieu of prison time. He reads about who you are and what you've done, and how you're more than willing to do anything to prove to the state you're worth not sending to an overcrowded jail. The details aren't important. What's important is that you not go to jail. As tough as anyone pretends to be on the street, it's all bullshit when you're standing in front of a judge. You sit down with your attorney, who sighs and runs a hand over his forehead. He shakes his head slightly, and you fight the urge to shake your own as well. You've gone over countless scenarios on what plays out over the next four minutes. Because unlike television, these types of trials aren't drawn out. Long, dramatic exchanges. The way the legal system works for people like you is a streamlined machine that runs on tradition and money. It goes like this. The state decides to put you in jail on made-up charges that are validated by a corrupt member of the Attorney General's office. You spend all your money on an attorney who is an idiot. You hope the judge is in a good mood that day, and then prepare to go to jail. It takes four minutes, and the judge, along with the state, decide they're okay with extorting money from you for the next 20 years, instead of putting you in jail for 15 for a series of fine print made-up charges that no one will care to research, challenge, or change until some no-name true crime podcast does five years of research and brings the bullshit laws to the attention of the masses. It seems fair. The judge can't be bothered to lecture you anymore, and with a single bang of his gavel, ends the docket at 9.12. You look at your attorney as he slumps back in his sweat-soaked shirt, sighs, and looks at you. <sighs> we did it. 
He doesn't have the energy to feign confidence in his relieved and shocked expression. Fuck, that was close. As you walk through the lobby of the courthouse, you see the side of society that is treated as laundry or filth. An eclectic array of poverty-stricken minorities caught in a system that treats their lives like something to be processed, erased, and forgotten. As you pass by them, they look at you with sullen eyes that ask without words, How was it? Are you done? Is there hope? Are you free? The fact you're not in cuffs and being led through the other side of the building, down the hallway with that gray tile and fluorescent lighting, is enough for you to feel life in a whole new context. And that's when it starts to hit you. The entire world has changed for you. Because as your attorney waddles off into the parking garage with your money, you linger outside the courthouse and watch the traffic build up during the lunch hour. The sky is blue and righteous in all directions, far beyond the spiral reaches of the courthouse, far above the earth, far above you and everything you'll ever be. A righteous blue sky, and you imagine yourself high above all of this world wrapped up in the colors, free. The wind cascades down the side of the skyscrapers and brushes a hot belch of exhaust in your face. You don't mind. The smell of the outside is far better than the stale air that lingers in the bunks behind the plain gray walls of county across the street. And you could be smelling burnt coffee and ink from the 30-year-old printer in the corner of the processing unit right now instead of the faint hints of lilac in the air. Finally, you allow yourself to sigh, and your shoulders ache from the stress you've endured for the last four months. Back at the hotel, you sit in your room and stare at the AC unit humming away. You have the room for the rest of the night, and tomorrow you'll be flying far away from this city. You can't leave the country until you've paid the state in full, which will take two decades, but you're not in jail. There's a strange place in your life, and it appears you found it in this very moment. You get up and look out the window at the city. You're afraid to leave because what if something happens and you get approached by a cop? You're on probation for 20 years. One strike. One arrest, one warrant, one speeding ticket, one wrong look in the direction of a cop, and you're in jail. The voice in your head tries to protest, but you know your reality, and it doesn't work with the same privileges that European descendants around you have. A flash of anger shows up, and you stifle it with a new mantra. You could be in jail right now. For some reason, you have a feeling that phrase will be with you for a very long time. And you have a newfound fear that lives with you. A fear to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. A fear of getting pulled over. A fear of society because it has police and state troopers and judges and attorney generals. It has the makings of a system designed to find you and take you away from everything you've worked so hard to become. At any minute, they can take away your freedom. You laugh because nothing's changed entirely. The same goes for anyone out there, really. At any point in time, the authorities can show up, 
make up charges, and spend your money to put you on trial. Demand you pay them for 20 years, or they'll put you in jail. And while you're in jail, they'll continue to charge you interest for the money they were making you pay them in the first place. How can you pay them if you're in jail? It's not their problem. You have to pay every day or stay in jail for another 20 years. And that's how the system eats you alive. That's how you spend 40 years in jail for charges that never actually existed. A car honks 10 stories below you and you jump back from the window. You close the curtains and go back to the hotel bed where you sit, hands in your lap, and you try not to move. Your anxiety revs up again and you want to hide in the bathroom. And you do for two hours. 10 o'clock rolls around and you order room service because you're too afraid to go downstairs to the lobby restaurant to eat. What if something happens down there? At the airport, your hands tremble as you go through security. Everyone looks at you and the guard eyes you as you try to tie your shoes. You take a breath, hold it, then let it out slowly like the anxiety app told you before you got out of the Uber. At the gate, a woman complains to the attendant about how she had to pay extra for another bag. She complains about how the airport is filthy. She complains about the stale smell of food in the terminal. She complains about the streaks on the windows of the airport. All you can imagine is telling that bitch you could have gone to jail yesterday. For 15 years, who gives a fuck about her opinion? On the flight, you finally feel relief find you as four jet engines push you further and further away from the courthouse that nearly took your life. You look out the window and see the righteous blue sky a few inches of metal away from you. You think, if only I could stay here forever. But you can't. A week later and you're followed by a man in a white U-Haul van. He cuts you off at a green light, slams on the brakes and gets out of the van in a fit of road rage. He's screaming, arms up, approaching the driver's side of the car. Through the glass, you can hear him screaming insults trying to get you to snap and get out of the car. You're not upset, but instead, crack the window and begin to explain to him that jail isn't a place for him or you. That life is short and you're not mad or offended. Whatever he's angry about, you're sorry. You tell him to be careful out there because he's not the right color or tax bracket to get away with shit like that. You tell him you hope he feels better. You really do. You tell him you're on probation for 20 years and one mistake can send you back to county. You tell him we all get emotional and angry and frustrated and the world can be dangerous. You tell him to take care and that you're not going to fight him because there's no justice in the world and he doesn't know that yet. But if he lets his temper get the best of him, He'll find out soon enough. The man looks at you confused. Then his eyes lose their conviction and he nods quietly to you 
and to himself. He apologizes, says you're right, and quietly returns to his van. You roll the window up and hope no one's called the cops. A Whole New Context was written and performed by Gabriel N. Elizondo. Music and effects provided by Epidemic Sound. For a complete list of featured songs in this episode and additional content, please visit www.gabrielnelizondo.com or click the link in the show notes. Narratives with Gabriel N. Elizondo is a Crown and Coil production. All written content and performances are exclusive properties of Crown and Coil Productions. If you liked what you heard, please leave a rating and review. It really does help. And thank you for being part of our story.